guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of My Pumpkin. It is 10.56 p.m. on Saturday night, which means I am incredibly late. I like to record on Fridays, usually in the day, and I kind of don't have to worry about this podcast for the rest of the weekend, but I don't know. It's been a rough week, and today was a very rough day. That So rough, in fact, that I barely made it out of bed. I went back to bed. Um, I just am emotionally and mentally tired. That's all. And I think it's hard to be like, oh, I'm tired. I used to tell people my head hurt, but I famously don't get headaches. I've only had one in my lifetime, but it's easier to tell someone your head hurts than to tell them that your psyche hurts. You know what I'm saying? Like if you tell someone your head hurts, they're like, oh, go lay down. But if you tell them you are in the midst of an existential crisis, they're like, what? Not that I think I'm, I don't know if I'm in an existential crisis, but I just, I don't know. It was a hard day and I just went back to bed. And my husband, who I make a habit of calling stupid on the internet on a regular basis, came in and cuddled me and comforted me and said all the things that need to be said. Things that I know, like, I'm many things. I'm not a goddamn idiot. Like, <laughs> logically, I can work out these things, but it always feels better coming from someone else rather than yourself. And, you know, it's, and then he, you know, he got me sushi and <sighs> artisan cookies. <laughs> and I just stayed in bed and watched the Big Bang Theory, which I've never seen. It's okay. I mean, it's got a million seasons, so I was watching the first season. There's a lot of quote-unquote transsexual jokes. That's gross, but, you know, when did it come out? 1989? I don't know. It was a long time ago. And so, um, but I watched that and fell asleep and ate sushi and went back to sleep and ignored the fact that I could hear my children running around the house like wild animals, like wildebeest, actually. And... I actually called my husband on his cell phone to say, I can hear them. (laughs) And I don't know. He handled it. I don't know. Uh, One of my kids lost a tooth today. I can hear another kid looking at the tooth saying it's probably not that valuable. (laughs) I don't know. I guess they had a whole fucking day without me. But I slept. I rested. I'm not physically tired. It's not that, but I guess... That was the only thing I could do today. So, and I woke up about an hour ago and I took a shower and I was all set to put a little notice up on the Instagram that says, Hey, I thought I was doing an episode this week. I'm not doing an episode this week. And I was in the shower and I just asked myself, could you do it? And the answer is yes. So I decided to. So here I am. It's a new year. Same old fucking me. I don't have a lot in store. I don't have a lot, like, I am a big goal setter, but I'm not a big New Year's, New Year's resolution type person. I don't do that. I'm more of a, like, like, I noticed that I'm not, like, Twitter is making me upset, so I'll take 30 days off of Twitter. I noticed that I've been drinking nonstop sodas, so I'll be like, okay, so the goal is for the next 
60 days to not drink soda and see what happens. Like, that's the type of thing I do. I'm not really a person that, like, this year I'm going to do this. I usually am good about themes for the year. I like fat. I like to have a theme that I want for my year, something that I want to do. And this way, when I'm trying to make decisions about what to do, what's the best thing to do, I just go, okay, well, which one is on theme? <laughs> How does this match the theme for the year? But I don't really have a theme for 2021. I mean, if I had to come up with one on the spot, it might be survival. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I want for 2021 is to live through it however I can. So if that means batting down in the hatches, not doing New Year's Eve stuff. I didn't do any New Year's Eve stuff. Usually with the kids, I do um, sparklers. I mean, I do the dangerous ones, you know, the ones that are like flare and do all the colors and shit. <laughs> I do that. And then we usually have like a movie night and with popcorn and hot chocolate. Like, I mean, like Lots of whipped cream and sprinkles on the hot chocolate. That's the only way to make hot chocolate good. Hot chocolate's disgusting. And so, <laughs> and so, um, and then they just, they stay up as long as they can till midnight. And if you fall asleep, I'll tap you on your shoulder and you go to bed and we'll see you in the morning. But this year I was like, I can't do that because I don't want to. I want to go to sleep. And so I went to bed maybe 9.30ish. I don't know. My neighbors were doing a fuck out of fireworks. I mean, it sounded like they had missiles out there. And these are new neighbors behind me. That house wasn't built when I moved in here. And then it was empty for a long time. And, I mean, they're kind of dicks. I don't really... They, they just seem like dicks. I was like, ugh. Next year I need to get um, earplugs. But yeah, I mean, that's an example of what I plan to do this year. I plan to scale back until it's doable, until it's survivable. Um, the only real thing that I'm trying to do, and I don't know if it's necessary for the year, but I definitely am trying to do it right now, is to eat takeout less and to like be intentional about what I cook here and what I eat here. As a rule, like I cook all the time, but as a rule, I don't want to ever eat anything I cook. And it's not because it's not good. Everyone always says it's good. I, it's not that. It's that when I'm done cooking, like I'm like, I don't want to fucking eat this. I'm sick of it by then. And I do not eat as I cook. I don't eat as I cook. I just don't want it. And like we can explore why it is that is. It probably has to do a lot with my childhood and how I was never allowed to eat out and how like eating not at the house was like a big fucking deal. And even when we went to fucking McDonald's, we couldn't, we weren't allowed to have cheese because it cost 29 cents more and 29 cents adds up. Ugh. And so by the time I was old enough to have money, like it was like a big deal for me to go to a Wendy's. And not have to just eat at home and eat leftovers. I fucking hate leftovers. I hate it. It's a mental thing, though, because it's not like if I took some takeout, if I brought home something from a restaurant that I wouldn't eat it. So, like, that right there tells me it's like, it's a perception thing. It's something I have to work on. Um, I'm not, like, interested in necessarily losing weight, like... It's not 
on my radar. It's not like I, I worry about improving a lot of stuff in my life. Losing weight is not one of those things. But I do know that when I binge eat for like emotional shit, it's never shit I made at home. Never. And so we can explore why, but let's use that at the very least and just try to eat more at home. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I didn't succeed today because I wasn't feeling well and my husband went and got me sushi and artisan cookies. So, um, but I wasn't in charge of that. He did that. He also cooks a lot. I, I will eat his food, but I do not want to eat it if I made it. It just, and for a long time, I used to think that cooking wasn't my best and highest use. So your best and highest use is a way to think of like how to, how to, Use people in a business setting, like in a company setting, in a work setting, and also like your personal life. Like, how, like as someone who likes to do a lot of things, who wants to do a lot of things, I enjoy, I just enjoy doing stuff and getting stuff done and being a part in projects and things like that. I can't do everything all the time. And the question is, what is my best and highest use? And it's just the idea that like, if five of us can take out the garbage, but only one of us can fix the computer, then the person that can fix the computer should be fixing the computer and the other four people we can worry about doing the trash. We're not going to get the person, the one person that can fix the computer to take out the garbage. It doesn't make any sense. And vice versa. If only one person can take out the garbage, but four people can fix the computer. Well, okay, let's get the one person to do that one thing that they can do. It's, it's ordering things by priority. And I really believe in it. I preach it. I make sure it happens in my work environments, but I don't always do it in my personal life. And so I've been thinking about hiring someone to come and watch the kids about half a day, um, especially as we get through summer and shit and spring break and summer and like to kind of shift my work so that I get up at five and I work until the kids wake up around six thirty, seven o'clock. Um, and then it, I spend about an hour with them at eight. I, the person will come and spend about four hours with them. And at lunch, I will, you know, we'll eat lunch together. And then the little kids go down for a nap and the other kids do go to quiet time. And then I can do a couple of things around the house. And I only do that Tuesday through Friday because my husband's home on Mondays. So if I did that, like what it would cost, what it would look like. I'm thinking about it. I mean, it's hard for me though, because the idea of hiring someone, hiring in-home childcare is foreign to me and it feels like a waste of money. It's not a waste of money. Like it feels like a waste of money for me, but if someone else told me what you're doing, I'd be like, oh, go do that. <laughs> but for me, it's not how I want to spend my money, even though I think it might be the way to go. Like it's difficult for me to hire people to do things that I can do difficult like hiring a housekeeper would be very hard for me because I could just clean it I hired a dog walker one time and it's because I was out of town and never felt how shitty it felt never forgot how shitty it felt but that's a personal thing that's a perception thing that's not because what I did was bad it's because like you know I got shit you know so I'm thinking about trying to do things better that way why am I talking about this is that is that I'm thinking about trying to do that in 2021 and I'm worried. Oh, I'm talking about the cooking. I used to think that cooking was not my best and highest use, that that 
whatever time I spent cooking, I could be using something, I could be doing something else that was of higher use, um, in my life. But I don't know, like, that's when I mostly lived alone. My husband was never here and, you know, I could eat like crescent rose with, with like cheese in the middle of it. And that would be dinner. And that was before I had kids. And now like feeding them is so important to me. Working on food stuff with them is so important, making sure they're getting the right amount of food. And I don't want to say healthy food. So that's not what I mean. I mean like a variety of food and also all my foster kids have the worst fucking table manners. I mean the worst table manners and working on that with them. Like it's become such an important thing for me that I cook more and you know, I think that cooking might be really important to me this year as I try to make sure that like my whole life is not wrapped around a Chipotle pickup or a double-double from In-N-Out, which isn't that great. It's just only good because it's hot and cheesy. I don't know. That's, that's, that's what the plan is for the year. Survival. And... We'll see how it goes. Like, I'm still not, I'm still not absolutely fucking sure that I'm going to survive this pandemic. I don't know how long it's going to last. I think it's, it feels like a, a few more years. Maybe my kids will have graduated high school by the time it's over. I don't know. And, you know, I, it seems like it's important that I remember that, like, instead of being, instead of being like, Oh, I'm, when I feel better, I'm going to do this. When the pandemic is over, I'm going to do that. When this magical day, when I'm not like tired and like don't have a million things to do, I'm going to do this. Maybe the best course of action here is to work with what I have, work with how I feel, work with this pandemic work with this homeschooling and forms to fill out and apparently I also need to go get a new fire extinguisher and take a human trafficking class like work with the fact that this is what it is there like there is no life that I'm waiting for on the other side that this is what it is if life if there is something else on the other side fine but if this is like if I'm going to feel like this all the time well let's work with what we got I don't know we'll see um we'll see we'll just see what happens but I'm happy to be here. I'm happy I got some sleep today. And when I'm done with this, I'm going to go back to sleep. <laughs> Welcome to season six of Buy Pumpkin. <laughs> so this season, what we're going to do. Oh, let's talk about, by the way, currently on Patreon, we are doing couples therapy season four. It's the one with Farah and John Gosling and Whitney and Sada from The Real L Word. And, you know... Things are heating up over there. If you'd like to, if you'd like to uh, listen to those episodes, you can go to patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. I'm also going to start, I would like to, like one of my favorite things to watch are documentaries. 
And I think I should center some episodes around some of them. So if you have solutions, if you have suggestions about some documentaries I could get into, I like true crime. Like, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm re-listening to, um, Bad Blood by John Carriou, Carriou? I don't know. It's about the Elizabeth Holmes thing. And that's always something I can listen to. Um, cause I just enjoy, uh, fraud, white collar crime. Um, I also just listened to Demi Moore's book. It was rough. Okay. The first part that childhood shit was really fucking rough. I don't know if I was in the space to receive it, but overall I thought the book was good. I did think it was weird at the end. That she was acting like she didn't understand why her kids weren't talking to her for three years. It's very easy. I, I wasn't even there. I know why. You went from being like a stay-at-home mom who was super like involved in her three kids to Mrs. Kutcher. And all your focus was put on there. Fair or not, that's, that's, that's a change. You also put a lot of distance between you and your kids because you were going through IVF and not telling anyone. It seems secretive. Like IVF is hard. It's fucking hard. I'm not strong enough for that shit. I, I can tell you right now, I'm not strong enough to pay a whole bunch of money and try to make science with my body and my body not do it. And like, there's just a huge thing of like, a huge thing of it not going through. And I have to just kind of like eat that shit. Like, I'm not strong enough. I have a mental breakdown the first fucking month. The hormone, I couldn't do it. Hats off if you can. But like going through IVF is fucking hard and also going through IVF and not like, and keeping it away from your closest family members is crazy. There is distance between you guys. So that started off. Then you started drinking after 20 years because your new husband told you that he didn't think alcoholism was real. He basically wanted you to drink with him. (laughs) And so you started drinking and like... I don't know if Demi Moore wants to be called an alcoholic. I don't know. Um, I know that alcohol addiction in general runs through and through my fucking family on all sides. (laughs) And I know that I personally have an addictive personality. I don't really drink because I grew up around a lot of drunks. Okay. And I just had some experiences that like was like, I don't, I don't really like to drink. If I do drink, I get a frilly fucking mixed drinks from like (laughs) from a restaurant and I have one of those bad boys and I am good. I'm not, it's because of that. And so thinking about Demi Moore, growing up with these alcoholics, growing up where alcohol was involved in all these like terrible childhood traumas and just a rough life. And then like realizing she had an alcohol problem, going to rehab, not drinking for 20 years, and then just being like, I could probably, and this is how they get you. They, being addiction, <laughs> is that you don't do it for a while and you kind of forget how bad it is. And you're like, maybe I was just in a bad place then. And so you start to do a little, and this is how people with 25 years, 30 years slip up because if you can ever forget how bad it was, you can go back to it. And so now she's drinking a lot and she's drunk in weird times. And, you know, everyone thinks it's cute at first that she's a little tipsy. But then, like, as it snowballs, like, nobody wants you to be fucking drunk. And, you know, like, they went on vacation and she was so drunk she was almost drowning in a fucking hot tub. And had to be carried, like, that's scary. 
Okay? It, it quickly gets scary. So that's the reason number two. And reason number three that they stopped talking to you is because you had a scary medical incident after doing nitrous and spice with your young daughter and her friend. And like, dude, she talks about spice very casually in that book in a way that like, that's not what I know about spice. And I don't know, and you know what? What do I know? I don't know shit. I don't, I'm not in drug culture. I, it's, it would be like me sitting here talking about how to repair cars. I don't fucking know. I, I only know enough to be dangerous. And so like, that's not what I know spice to be. My impression, I read some long form articles about um, it a little while ago and she talks about it really casually. Like it's just like, she talks about it like it's weed and I don't, that's not what I think it is. But again, I could be wrong. And like, yeah, those are the top three reasons your kids didn't talk to you for three years. It was a lot of drama and stuff. And and she acts like she doesn't know that. That's weird. But I enjoyed it. Anyway, I'm off tangent. What I'm saying is that if you guys have suggestions for some documentaries like on fraud, true crime, I mean, murder's fine, but I really like fraud. I really like white collar crime. Um, I like celebrity, uh, documentaries cause I'm, you know, I love to go backstage. I'm a backstage bitch. I want to see behind the scenes, things like that. And I like to do some episodes, some bonus episodes about them. And I'll see, you know, I'll see what's up. I think people have been asking me about that HBO. I think it's called the one about the McDonald's, um, the McDonald's monopoly, uh, fraud, which, I'm very familiar with the case. I talk about it all the time, but I didn't watch the, uh, the, you know, is it a mini series, a docu-series? I don't know. But like, I'd like to, you know, and maybe do some book club stuff where I am listening to an audio book and I'll do an episode about it. We'll see. If you have suggestions, comment on the Instagram post. Or comment over on Patreon, whichever one is most convenient for you. So I'm going to be trying to do a few more of those bonus episodes. Um, What else? Oh, I recorded an episode with Liz Bentley about um, Holly Madison's book, Down the Rabbit Hole. And just basically the whole Hef, Girls Next Door type thing. Fun, fun, fun stuff. Definitely go check that out when she puts it out. Is this supposed to be a secret? No, it's not. She would tell me if it was a secret. Also, if it's something's a secret, you guys have to tell me it's a secret because I don't really deal in secrets. <laughs> I don't really deal in secrets. I'm like very transparent about stuff. And I'm not talking about transparent about your stuff. I'm transparent about my stuff. So like if I'm involved in something, I'll just be like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> secrets are so hard, dude. Um... So, like, if you tell me a personal thing about you, I'm not like, that wasn't a secret. No. If you tell me a personal thing about you, I always think, oh, I should keep this to myself. Because, and I, I usually have that conversation with myself. But if you involve me in something, you have to tell me it's a secret if you don't want me to talk about it. Like, if we go to, like, I don't know, bust out somebody's windows, you have to tell me it's a secret on the way. Because I might have tweeted about it already. So. Anyway, so I recorded with Liz. I also, if you guys didn't catch it, 
on Cara Berry's Everyone's Business But Mine. We did kind of a wrap-up of the Potomac season, Real Housewives of Potomac season. And we had a very fucking good time. I love recording with Kara. Um, and I also, like, got Kara to tell me some of her business. <laughs> so, so that was fun. You go check that out. And, yeah, I just wanted to make sure you guys saw, hung out there. Make sure there's shit on the Patreon to listen to. And I think that's all the show business. All right, so let's hit into this because we're doing Miami, this uh, Real Housewives of Miami. So why did I choose Real Housewives of Miami for season six? A couple of reasons. I believe Real Housewives of, of Miami season two is a perfect season of The Housewives. I don't know if that's going to hold up. I've watched it a few times. I watched it in 2012 when it came out. I enjoyed it a lot. I'd like to talk, I'd like to explore and see how it holds up in 2020, eight years later. I'd also like to compare it to some other housewife shows. Um, I think the Real Housewives of Miami had the most beautiful cast that has ever been. And I, there are some beautiful people on the Housewives cast. I'm going to tell you right now that I think the most beautiful woman, current woman on the Housewives cast is Monique Samuels. I mean, she's not current anymore, but she, she was the most beautiful woman on here. Just an absolute gorgeous woman in all ways. I mean, not the anti-vax shit, but you know, I'm not going to ask for her information on helping me raise my children, but a beautiful, beautiful woman. I, but I believe that the Miami cast was the most beautiful. They have the best accents. One of the things Liz has always brought up is that, that I agree with is that they watching Miami housewives, you know, you're in Miami. It's very obvious here in Miami. With OC and Potomac, and even to a certain extent, Beverly Hills, you really could be anywhere. You could. You could be anywhere. And I know people are going to push back on the Beverly Hills part, but the Beverly Hills women show a lot of money. They don't show a lot of Beverly Hills. And I know that some people think those are the same thing, but there are things that just happen in Beverly Hills. Miami is so obviously in Miami. I New York, some people think that one, but I think in earlier seasons, they were very New York. I think the way they approach things is very New York. I don't think that, the scenery in their stuff is very New York. I could be wrong though. Whatever. New York's not my favorite. Maybe I'm just being fucking biased. Same thing with Atlanta. Atlanta could be almost anywhere. But Miami was very firmly Miami. The accents, the fact that the cast is so international, which is very, which is very Miami. Um, and a very specific part of Miami because obviously we all know, or we should know that the glitterati part of Miami is own is a very small part like there is also Miami is home to some of the poorest neighborhoods in the nation uh, it's got a ton of immigrants it's got a ton of crime I mean trick daddy represents Miami so we're definitely not in trick daddy's Miami okay <laughs> but um we're not in trick daddy and Trina's Miami but Still, I feel like this is one of the most unique casts and unique uh, franchises. I mean, it was, I was sorry to see it go when it went. It only got three seasons. 
And this is back when they let a, they let a housewife show go. Now we're gonna just gonna limp along with OC for another fucking fifteen years when they should let it go. But okay. <laughs> but um, Andy says the reason Miami got canceled is because, um, I mean he basically blames Mama Elsa <laughs> to be honest. Who we'll talk about, but Mama Elsa was not appearing on the show. Um, you know, I guess Mama Elsa died in 2019, but in, at the, in, at the end of season two of Miami, she was not, she, she had a fall in her home and she was just getting sicker and sicker. She was an old, she was an old lady guys. And, um, they actually filmed a spinoff with her and Marisol, um, which is interesting. It had nine episodes that I've never seen. And maybe it didn't air. I don't know. But uh, in season three, we just didn't get a lot of Mama Elsa. She was a huge draw to the fucking show. And Andy says that something happened in season three that never happens. And that is that towards the end of the season with the kids of the reunion, the ratings went down. They went, they, they were higher. They weren't that high during the season. They went down. And they kind of just like, sealed the deal for it um not at the time but like it was months later before they realized that they you know were not gonna come back um but again I feel like it was at a time when um Jersey was doing a thing and Jersey's another one that feels very Jersey I don't know why but it just does it feels very very Jersey but like Jersey was doing his thing and they had high ratings and other franchises that like, you know, and then also keep in mind that like season three is when Brandy and when Johanna, I, I, I need to decide how I'm going to pronounce Johanna's name. I've always called her Joanna Krupa, Krupa, but I've noticed that the people on the show call her Johanna, Johanna. And I don't know if that's because in their accents, that's what you get, but I don't know. So... I'm going to say Joanna because that's what feels good to me and I'll remember it that way. But Joanna Krupa was suing Brandy Glanfield for saying that her pussy stank. Yeah. that I don't know if she said it on a podcast. She said it on what's, Watch What Happens Live. But it was, she said it somewhere. I forget. I don't, I don't think it was a podcast because people didn't really go on podcasts like that. I mean, they did, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, like, every housewife has, a housewife has a fucking podcast now. But in 2012, it wasn't like that. And I don't think Brandy's had a podcast. I think Brandy actually has a radio show. I mean, honestly, there's not, there's, there's not a huge difference in what Brandy does on the radio and what some people do on podcasts. Not me, but some people. Um, so, but they were suing each other. It was back and forth. He said, she said, I, who did Brandy said told her? Was it Joe Francis? No, 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 no. Because this is back when Brandy was a big, was huge friends with Yolanda Hadid. And basically she said, I guess she said Yolanda told her that, uh, I guess Joanna Krupa slept with Mohammed Hadid. Okay, sure. But I guess 
I guess it led to the dissolution of that marriage. And also Brandy was like, <laughs> Brandy said Muhammad told her that That Joanna's pussy smelled. And I guess she, it was on Watch What Happens Live. Because she asked, apparently she asked Andy Cohan if he got food poisoning from eating bad sushi with her. Um, So yeah, like, uh, Joanna took it, Joanna took it very, very seriously. She sued her for defamation or slander or whatever. And in the end... Um, it got settled. I don't know. When did it get settled? I think it got settled in like 2015 or something because Brandy had to issue an apo- a public apology. I guess that's how they settled it. I don't know if money changed hands, but that lawsuit was like, I, I believe that lawsuit contributed to it because watch what happens was involved in it. Now I know that people would be like, housewives threaten to sue each other all the time. They don't usually sue each other because they have um, clauses in their contracts. But I think the difference here is that Brandy, Brandy was not on uh, Miami. She was on a different uh, franchise. And also what happened didn't happen on the show. It happened outside of the show. Uh... And I also think, like, but here's the thing, like, it's, you know, the Barbara, the Barbara Streisand effect, you guys know what that is? It's when somebody published photos of Barbara Streisand's house, and she took legal means and made such a big deal of trying to get those photos off the internet and off the, and off, and off like, print, that it drew more attention to it. And I feel like if... If if Joanna had just gone on Watch What Happens Live, Watch What Happens Live a week later and said, uh, <laughs> and said, well, I'm not really worried about what Brandy says because probably she was drunk. And two, I, you know, made up some shit <laughs> about her. It would have been fine. <laughs> I just, like... I don't know at the time, this is in 2013, okay? So it was the third season, like I said. I don't know if at the time I believed Brandy. Because, you know, we've always got, Brandy's kind of gotten this reputation as a truth teller, which I don't know <laughs> if that's true. I think what happens is she used to say a lot of stuff and some of it turned out to be true. That's what it, that's what it was. She used to say whatever the fuck she wanted to and every now and then she'd say a true thing. And people be like, well, she, she doesn't lie. And I'm like, I don't know if she like lies, but she does talk a lot. And as someone who talks a lot, sometimes I say some shit I don't necessarily mean or that like later on I would like to tweak. And I feel like Brandy often just talks off with the cuff of her mouth. But Yolanda was very upset with Brandy when this happened, I guess. But I mean, I guess I'd be upset regardless of what the deal was because I'd be like, Brandy, why are you on fucking Andy's talk show talking about <laughs> talking about why my old marriage and I believe she was having trouble in her current marriage at the time with uh, David my love <laughs> and so <laughs> why are you 
on TV talking about why my old, the father of my children, why that marriage broke up. Because if Yolanda wanted to, she could have done it herself. Now, maybe Yolanda's a, a Lisa Vanderpump in that she likes to say things to Brandy and let Brandy go then and say the things. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think it's more along the lines of Brandy was drinking and she was talking too much. Even if someone actually told her that she was talking too much. And also, we'll get into this later in this episode, but I just make it a habit not to believe what men tell me about women. I just don't. And I'm not saying I don't, I don't, I throw it away. I just put it in the back of my mind because especially women they've had sex with, I just don't believe them. I just don't, because I think like one of the easiest things to do is to talk shit about a woman and say her pussy stinks or she's crazy or all she wants, she was jealous, of, you know, all kinds of things when you're done with her. I think that's a very easy thing to do. And so if you have been involved with a woman in any way and you have something to say about her, I'm like, mm, I take that with a grain of salt. And so I personally wouldn't be on TV saying Joanna's pussy stink because dude, you fucked her though, right? <laughs> so <laughs> what does it say about you, mom? I don't know. I think this lawsuit was important to the dissolution of it. I think there was also, yeah, I think Andy's right about the, I, I think he's telling the truth about the ratings thing. I think Mama Elsa was a huge hit to this show. Um, and I do think they should go back to Miami. I think they're going to find some really good shit in Miami. Uh, the first season, Kara is currently watching the first, or just finished the first season. And she was like, it gave her nothing. And I had to tweet back at her in all caps, do not watch the first fucking season, guys. It's the worst. It's not a good season. I will also tell you not to watch the first season of the OC. Does that mean I'm not going to tell you not to watch the Vicky and Brooke season? Absolutely not. But I'm just, let's pick and choose. Let's, let's do, I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you not to watch a season of New York where, where like three episodes were about where they were going to quag. I'm not, don't do, don't do that one. But the first season, the first season of Real Housewives of Miami is bad, which is why we started at number two. So episode one is called A Tale to Miami's and it's a rebuilding uh, season. You guys, I know so little about sports, but I'm going to use a sports analogy that I heard on a podcast one time. So bear with me. It's probably wrong. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know how there'll be a sports team. <laughs> the only person I know more dedicated to not knowing about sports is, than me is Kid Fury. <laughs> when he does his sports shorts on the read, I'm always like, wow, this is interesting. And Crystal is laughing because he is telling the wrong shit. <laughs> but anyway, you know how on a team, you have a good team, like you have a winning team, like you get like, you got a lot of stacked players that you pay a lot of money to. And they're doing well together. They work together. They got chemistry, right? And then, you know, some people retire or they get traded. I don't know how that process works, but they do it. And, or, you know, they get injured or they go to jail. Whatever it is that happens on these sports teams. And then the next season, you got to build it again. You got to get back to that chemistry and get back to where everyone's where they're supposed to be and catching the balls the way they're supposed to go and wearing the right uniforms and doing what they're supposed to do. This is very much this season of Real Housewives of Miami because in the first season, they had the only people that I believe are still left over from the first season are Leah, Adriana, and Marisol. Everyone else is new. 
And so when they're talking about Tale of Two Miamis, they're they're not talking about uh, Will Smith's Miami. <laughs> that is <laughs> such a bad reference. But fine. Will Smith's Miami and Trick Daddy's Miami. They're talking about these these old school wealth versus new money because Miami is very new money right um and so but there are also lots of people that I mean generations generation of wealth and just the way they they act differently with money and so apparently Leah and Adriana and Marisol are going to be the old crew and then they got all these new girls that's what we're talking about here and we're just like just watching the opening montage I was just like, girl, I have never seen this many different accents on a housewife show in my entire <laughs> Just so many. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's do the taglines real quick for this season. Johanna says, I'm a model, but not always a model citizen. <laughs> uh, B minus. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> Karen. If you don't like my smile, then don't look my way. Uh, that's a reference to people hate her smile, apparently. <laughs> Imagine people hating your smile. Lisa, my husband is a top plastic surgeon in this town, and I'm his best creation. I'm going to give that one a low C, mostly because it's too long. She also read it really slow. Um... I just read it faster than she read it on the show. And also, it's all about her husband. I don't give a f- Lenny's not on the show. Well, he is on the show. But Lisa, this is about you, not Lenny. Adriana, I may speak five languages, but my true language is independence. No, I don't like that at all. I like the idea of her being independent, but I don't like, I just don't like that one. Um... Leah Black, I can deal with a lot, but I can't deal with stupid. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, Marisol. I, I, I skipped Marisol. My job is about making fast decisions, but my personal life, I leave up to destiny. Nope, too long. Anna, whether in court or the kitchen, I bring the heat. I, <laughs> uh, I think Anna's is the best in terms of copy. <laughs> I I'll remind you guys again. I am a copywriter and content marketer. I'm a content marketing writer during the day, during my day shit. And if I had to pick something that was written the best, it would be Anna's and Karen's, right? On paper. Maybe Joanna's. But even though I like Anna's, I like her blurb the best, the reason I don't end up liking it in the end is because is because I don't believe it. So like I've seen the show, I don't believe it. So anyway, they don't have great taglines. So in the first season, in the first scene, we get the real fucking star of the show, and that's Mama Elsa. And like I said, she was a big draw. I'm gonna tell you the first time I ever saw Mama Elsa on the screen was I I assume it was season one. But I just remember Cause I used to, you know, now when I watch TV, I'm usually watching things I've already watched before as background noise, but I used to just leave the TV on all the time. I'd be watching Ju- uh, Judge Mathis. I'd be watching 
uh, Real Housewives, whatever. I just leave it on and I'd be looking at my computer or doing, playing with my dogs or knitting something, but I just wouldn't. And I remember looking up and screaming and that's not me like, that's not me trying to play Mama Elsa. That's me being like, what happened? So if you don't know what Mama Elsa looks like, and I, even if you've never watched Miami, you should know, you probably know Mama, what Mama Elsa looks like. So beautiful, beautiful Cuban woman, like very glamorous, moneyed, think moneyed Cuban woman. Um, they show pictures of her in like, I, I believe it's the 70s, and she is a gorgeous woman. And it seems like she went and got plastic surgery, you know, on the cutting edge, you know. Back when they were, the fillers were not good and she got botched, okay? She, it looks like she has scar tissue because her face is so big now. it look, She looks like a Muppet. She looks like she's wearing a big mask. She looks like a team mascot somewhere. And so, like, it's jarring. When I was watching today, I was like, okay, I can see, I see, I can see her face in there. But I remember when I first watched this, I was, I, I think I tweeted, why would you put this on without a warning? Because I had no idea this was going to happen. And it just seems like she had a lot of plastic surgery to try to fix it and stuff. And, um, I guess... I guess she's doing what you'd have to do, and that is you just have to live with it. But it is a real tragedy that she fucked with her face so much that she looks unrecognizable. Because, like I said, a beautiful looks a lot like Marisol, to be honest. Marisol is beautiful. A beautiful, 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 beautiful woman that if she had just aged, like, you know, drink water and... I don't use, use olive oil. I don't know what people use. <laughs> I famously don't know what it takes to be beautiful. So don't, don't get me started. But honestly, if she had just like, um, aged and done like some small tweaks here and there, she would look, she'd probably look amazing, age appropriately amazing, you know? And so it's, it's real sad, but even though Mama Elsa looks a certain way, Mama Elsa has all the personality. Honestly, at the time, I really believed Marisol should be off the show and Mama Elsa should be the housewife. A lot of people talked about that the fact, the only reason Marisol kept, could be on the show is because she kept filming with mom. That's the only reason. I believe that because she is, Mama Elsa takes every scene that she's in. So they're jewelry shopping and Mama Elsa starts to tell a story about a plastic surgeon and everyone's like, which one is the one that was your friend? And she's like, no, the one that destroyed my face. And so not my friend. I'm not going to do her accent. She's the cutest accent. Guys, my favorite fucking accent is a Miami Cuban accent. And yes, there are lots of Cuban types of accents, but the one that is like in a they grew up in Miami. That Miami Cuban accent is my favorite fucking accent. It sounds like music to me. It is, it is so good. Like, I'd leave my family for somebody who talked to me that way. Um, do you guys remember, gosh, this is a deep one, deep cut. But do you guys remember there was a show called Sheer Genius on Bravo? And it's where Tabitha came from. She was on that show. Um... 
So, Sheer Genius, I, it might have had two seasons, but I remember the first season, there's a woman on there. She's from Cuba. She's got like, I mean, she's from Miami. She's Cuban from Miami. And she has um, kind of reddish highlights in her hair. Gorgeous, gorgeous accent. I was so in love with that woman. And like, she wasn't like the most amazing looking person in the world. It was that accent. It was the accent. Anyway, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to fuck it up. But so, you know, Mama Elsa is like, no, not the one that destroyed my face. I'm not my friend. Marisol's wedding anniversary is coming up for one year. And she and that dude, she had a, she was with a dude named Philippe. I believe he was French. They got married the previous season, like on a ski slope. Like, in the snow, alone. Like, they rushed to it. A lot of people didn't think their relationship was real. They thought he wanted her for a green card. Um, the fact that they've separated before a year anniversary proves that he wasn't trying to get a fucking green card because you can't get one that way. But, but um, it just seemed like she was real Debbie. Desperate. I think she's been married before. If she hasn't, she's been engaged a few times. And Marisol is the type of girl who wants to be married, you know, really wants to be married, that believes in like the rings and stuff like that. And so she's on the older side to be like getting married and starting a family. I really believe she's divorced. Getting married and starting a family for someone who really believes in that type of stuff. Like those type of girls try to get married when they're like 21 years old. And I believe Marisol's in her thirties. And if she's not in her late thirties, I'd be shocked. Um, so, I mean, he's already broke out and moved out and moved out and they show her engagement ring because Mama Elsa's telling her, what are you going to do with that engagement ring? The next husband's not going to let you wear that. And Marisol's like, my next husband? And if I get married, what, do you know something? Um, but that engagement ring looks like a fucking doorknob. Listen, I famously believe M&M's and chocolate chip cookies is tacky. So don't be listening to me. I got a very specific taste. <laughs> but that is a huge fucking ring. It was so big. So also Mama Elsa is a psychic. She can see. She's got the eye. She can see. Another reason why I love her. I love anybody that claims to be a psychic. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I think psych being a psychic is a thing. I just don't know any psychics. I don't believe anybody says they're psychic. <laughs> but I think I would have a good time being around Mama Elsa and her doing the cards and shit. I would love that. But anyway, Marisol tells her she's been going to see another girl. Yeah. Two or three times a year, she says when her mother can't connect with her. And the other girl says that she, like, <laughs> she tells her mother this. Mama Elsa's like, excuse me? Like, bitch, I know you didn't go get another psychic on me. I love it. And so uh, the lady told her that Marisol was going to meet a lot of new women. And it was going to be a lot of gossip and a lot of drama. And Mama Elsa immediately goes, yes, I foresee that. Like, But I'm also like, did you just tell her you're like, obviously, like, obviously she's going to say that. Like, that's the first thing I'd say to you, too, because you're on a fucking show. But whatever. So we, we switched from then to Anna. Anna's home with her girls cooking. Her deal is this. She has been married to her, her husband for a very long time. Her girls are, her girls look to be like 18, 17, like in that area. Cause they're talking about moving out and how they want to move out and all this other stuff. So they can't be 14. They, they look older. They're probably college age or just about to go to college. 
And so she's been married a long time. She's also business partners with her husband. She's a lawyer. So is her husband. They are divorced. Mm, separated? I don't know. The marriage is over. And the problem that I dislike about watching Anna's scenes. So also the other thing you should know is Anna has really gotten into cooking. So in the last few years and making things. She actually has a product on the market that she was on, The Profit. I love that show. Please don't tell me anything bad about Marcus Limonis. Um, I love, love, love that show. It, it's basically tap of the salon takeover <laughs> with small businesses. And I've always worked in the realm of small businesses. And so like I was, I'm, I love the, the inspirational stories. I love the bad stories. I love when he shows up and it turns out that the, that the partners are sleeping together and they're in a fight. Like I love that shit. Love, love, love the profit. But anyway, Anna was on the profit. Because she eventually wanted to stop being a lawyer and to uh, sell this sauce that she makes. Very, it looked like, the honest, and honestly, I forget what the name of the sauce was, but the sauce label looked like Skinny Girl. It looked like the Skinny Girl label. And Marcus brought that up to her that there is another person who's also been on the Housewife shows that has very famous, that logo is very close. It, it looked a lot like it. Anyway. So the reason I hate watching Anna on screen is because Anna is in a classic fucking problem is this. She and her husband are divorced. He's dating, he's dating some young girl as they always fucking do. Guys, one of the problems, like I'm not opposed to older people dating younger people. I'm opposed to people dating people who are in vastly different sections of their lives. And we normalize that for men. We normalize 50, 60 year old men dating 20 year old girls because the girl just has to adjust to him. And like, we normalize that. But with Demi Moore's book, everything fucked up when she got with Ashton Kutcher. And I think part of the problem is that she was 40, he was 25. And she really poured herself into him, but she was in a whole different space and like I forget who said this gosh I'm sorry because she said it so eloquently on Twitter is that you do not have to marry everyone you have a good time with I fully believe Demi Moore should have fucked Ashton Kutcher for like two years had a good time just guest starred on two good men or six good men what's the name of that fucking show that Charlie Sheen blew up on you know the show I'm talking about men something to do with men to get started on that show, like had a good fucking time with him. And then when it didn't, when it was over, you could just, you don't have to fight for it. You could just be like, you know what? I had a great time and now I'm not. So on we go. Marrying him and trying to have a baby with him. She had a miscarriage at six months. Guys, I've had a miscarriage. Uh, it wasn't that bad because I didn't want to have a baby. But a six-month miscarriage? We're in a whole different space, guys. People have miscarriages all... First of all, miscarriages are really common. People just don't talk about them as much. And I know you're like, I think people talk about them. No, people do not talk about them nearly as much as they have them. Um, when I had a miscarriage, I didn't tell anybody. I was just like, oh. But people having miscarriage in the first, first one, two, three months of... Like, some people have miscarriages... And never even knew they were pregnant. Like that is super common. 
And it's a, it's just a different process than having a miscarriage in six months. And that's when Demi had hers. I just felt like it was just like, honestly, everything went wrong when she got to, with that dude. That's all. But um, why am I talking? Because <laughs> I'm talking about Anna. Anna. So he's moved on. I mean, they still, they're still business partners. They still work together. They're still lawyers. Some are law firm together. And, but he's moved on. And they still have dinners together, much like Demi and Bruce. And, and they're still a quote unquote family, which is true. But because he's her best friend and they've been together for so long. And probably what happened in their marriage. I mean, she doesn't say it in this episode, but I'm assuming that what happened in their marriage is they got to be too good of friends and not lovers anymore, right? Because when you are trying to partner in a marriage and also partner in a business, so they're business partners, marital partners, co-parents, good friends, and then a lot of people let the lover part go away, you know? And that's probably what happened. But she is still doing all the same shit that she used to do as his wife because she still cares about him. They're still friends. They're still business partners. That's the father of her children. And so he gets all the benefits of being married to her, but then rolls out with his 25-year-old girlfriend. (laughs) And then she what? She goes to bed. It's just not, it's not equitable. And Even like, so for me, I'm someone like, I like doing the task of motherhood. I like being around my kids. I like my kids a lot. Okay. Even when they're on my fucking nerves and we like, I've even had these conversations. Like I, I like, this is a common conversation we have in our house that even when I find you annoying, I am, I still love you. In fact, like my four and five year olds will say all the time, mommy, are you mad? And sometimes I have to be like, yeah, I'm. I'm mad. <laughs> I don't want to lie. I'm like, yeah, I'm mad right now. And they'll be like, you still love me though, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, I still love you. Even when, like, even when I'm annoyed, even when I'm, even when I'm emotionally tired, I still love everybody in this house and I still like doing stuff with them. I do. But just because I like doing those things doesn't mean I should do those things. When I'm not in an equitable, equitable relationship. Now, obviously, you're never going to be in an equitable relationship with a child, obviously. But casting yourself as the person that does everything for everybody but doesn't get anything back is a bad place to be. It just is. And I know some people will be like, well, that's, the, that's how you be a wife and mother. I don't think that's how you be a wife and mother. I just don't. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just, not, I, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not. I think that people, I should get as good as I give. And I just do not, just, no. And so watching Anna was like, I'm always like, oh, I hate looking at Anna because she just, it's just, she's in a bad situation. And she's just one of those people, like my relationship is non-conventional and I don't care what you think about it. Girl, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because why would you fucking say that? Yes, you do. You know this is a fucked up relationship. And people have told you that and you just want to be like, no, this is what I like. No, this is what you're used to. What you like and what you're used to are two different things. If you do something all the time, but it makes you unhappy, you don't actually like it. You're just used to doing it. I should write that down and put it in my pocket for later when I need to tell it to myself. So... (laughs) So Anna goes to Marisol. She has a PR office. And... (laughs) 
she when she gets there, Marisol's on the phone with Mama Elsa, who is very upset because Napoleon is missing. Napoleon is her little dog. And normally Napoleon's missing for a lot. A lot of times, but at this point, he's missing for more than 24 hours. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Mama Elsa has a large house and that dog's small. And she's telling Mama Elsa on the phone that she's going to put up posters and put her number on it. So answer answer the phone. And Mama Elsa's like, no, the perverts will call me. See, I told me I wasn't going to. This is not the accent. This is not the accent. This is just me being idiot. <laughs> I know this. Is, no, the perverts will call me. <laughs> And Marisol's like, the perverts aren't going to call you. She's like, yes, the perverts, the perverts are going to call me. And so she's like almost in tears. You can hear her on the phone. And Marisol's like, okay, 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 okay. Calm down, calm down. I'll put my phone number. The perverts will call me. <laughs> I don't mind a pervert calling me anyway. <laughs> Again, she's just good on the screen. She, she's not even on the screen. She's on a speakerphone. She's just good on the screen. So they're sitting there talking. And it's, it's, it's a nothing scene. The only reason it's important is because at the end, Anna says something about Colombian women. And she says, you know, Colombian women are, are good at being nice to men. Now, two things I want to point out here, which is not a new piece of knowledge for me, but something that has been reiterated to me over the last few years is that in a Latinx community, there are many different cultures within it. It's not just one, like, it's very interesting about what things, what things different cultures in the Latinx community have in common. Um, but like being Colombian, being El Salvadorian, being from um, Peru, these are like, your cultures are gonna be a smidge different. And so on this show, they often point out that someone's Colombian. Somebody like they, it's it's because things are just a little different. And for me, being outside the culture, I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I was like, I, I it must be how sometimes when I'm like on the internet and someone's using AAVE, um, African-American vernacular. I don't know what the E is for. Um, and they're like mixing things up. And I'm like, oh, this is a white person <laughs> because they're outside the culture because they think that, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's like when sometimes people think that a black Caribbean person and like a black person from Texas or a black person from North Carolina. Those are all different, very different cultural things. Um, and sometimes people, they're mixing things up. And I'm like, oh, that's not something that a person from that area would say because it's different there. Um, I don't know. I, pointing that out to me was like really important because it's one more way that the Real Housewives of Miami is so different from the rest of the franchises. But, so here's the Colombian she's talking about, Karen. <laughs> now, I would love to make fun of Karen's name, but I don't know if Karen is a name that is from a Latinx culture that I just don't know about. I would love to make fun of it like 
it's Ashley t or Princess t or Jennifer. T I would love to do that, but I'm not going to because I may not just understand it. And uh, I don't want to get canceled. I don't think I can come back from being canceled. So Karen, there's and also there's a lot more fucking things to make fun of with Karen besides that T. Okay. Karen is Colombian. She's a former beauty pageant girl. She's a dentist to the stars. So she's got a mouthful of bright ass chiclets and she smiles a lot. I mean, she, she does give off beauty pageant. She does give off, uh, you know, world peace, please. That sort of things. I can tell in already, I would hate her in real life because Karen is the type of person that, um, I really just, I, I like people to give me what it is. I don't want you to give me your best version. I don't want you to shine it up. I don't want you to put it in a long sparkly gown and give it to me. I want you to just give it to me raw. And so I, she seems like someone who hides her feelings. That'd be bothersome to me. Is the type of person that will come over to you and be like, you got to look on the bright side. Don't like that either. And she just, she's beauty passionate to me. And I just, it's not my, it's not my deal. And I can see myself working around her and being like, oh, this bitch again. And she seemed, you know what? She's fake. She's, she seems fake to me. Um, so she walks into her dentist practice. I mean, so when she says she's a, a dentist to the stars, I mean, she's doing Gloria Estevan, Pitbull. She's got all kinds, J-Lo. She's got all kinds of people in there, you know, much like Atlanta, Miami, loves its loves its celebrities like big loves them and you know i say atlanta bitches stick together right remember i talked about when me and kara did that bonus episode where we talked about the braxtons um i was talking about how atlanta bitches stick together if you are on if you have an imdb page and you live in atlanta you will get an invite to candy's Baby shower. You will. You just have to because these bitches stick together. They know each other. We see each other. They know each other. And Miami bitches are the same. Miami, it's. I think it's a function of being from a very small place with very specific celebrities from there. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but my husband is playing reggae in his man cave. Um, in the middle of the night and I would love to go over there and tell him to turn it off, but I just don't want to do it. So he's been so nice to me today and me kicking in his door and telling him to turn it off because I'm recording a podcast is probably not the way I want to end it. So hopefully you can't hear it. And if you can't hear it, hopefully you like it. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So Karen goes into her dental practice. She just walks in, puts on her white coat, and the person's like, so-and-so's already in the chair. And she's like, what's he getting, a root canal? And I'm like, girl. And she just runs in there. And I'm like, girl, could you, I know this is done for the show, but could you come in here and look at some paperwork and wash your hands and shit? Don't just run up in there. Like, I want my dentist to be prepared. Don't come up in here and be like, ooh. Like, one time I got my hair done. You know, I used to, I braid my own hair now. Um, don't get impressed. I don't do much braiding. It's just, it's a tech, <laughs> the technique I use, I don't need to do much braiding, but I just remember this one time I'm, I'm going to this girl's house to get my hair braided and she opens the door and she goes, I didn't think it was you. And I was like, what? And she's like, I thought it was another girl. Cause I don't have, and I'm like, okay, well I'm 
here. So let's get it done. And um, I don't want that for my dentist. I don't want my dentist to walk in there and be like, oh, oh, wait, is this the root canal? Be prepared, please. (laughs) She gets in there. She's kissing him all over the face and shit and showing him the red carpet pictures. I think the kissing on the face is just me living in COVID times. But the red carpet shit he's looking at and she's like moving. She's waving that drill around. And then we watch him. Or get all up in that mouth. Another thing about Karen. She's dating a guy named Rodolfo. Rodolfo is a Latinx soap star. You know. Um, that's a whole different type of fame. You know. Even like. Even being a soap star in the US. Is a different type of fame. Than being like a movie star. And being a Latin soap star. Mm, that's. It's just a whole different world. And. You know. She also lives with her parents. Her parents don't really like Rodolfo. It's obvious. They think that he's gone. I mean, he's traveling for work and for um, promotion and all that shit. And they just don't like him. They seem like they don't trust him. Um, she lives with her parents. Her parents live with her, actually. That's her house and her parents live with her. But that's very common in the culture to live with your biggest extended family. Um, and honestly, I think we should do more of it. I know that like... Like, I feel like a lot of times we make fun of people who live with their families, but I hope my kids live here. I mean, I, I don't want them super comfortable. I don't want them, like, bringing tricks home from the club. But <laughs> I hope they live here until they can leave comfortably. I don't want my kids leaving with $50 in a fucking dream. I want them to be like, oh, I actually have transportation. I have, you know, I've gone through school and I feel stable enough to get my own place. And I mean, they're going to definitely get their own place because their mama's nosy and likes things the way she likes them. I'm going to be all up in their fucking business. I'm going to be like, I don't like that girl. Like, <laughs> Every time she comes over, I give her stank face. I'm going to be like, are you going to take out the garbage? And it's like, they're going to move out. <laughs> but I hope that they... Like, I, they don't leave just because, well, you're 18 and you should leave here. I really, I think we should keep our kids closer. I think people should live with their families more and stop putting people through the financial trauma of just being like, well, you've reached a certain age and now you need to have all your money in order and get out. I hope that, like, I send them off with, like, a better financial literacy and just they they, they have a, a good basis for everything. Um, also, so the thing about Rodolfo is that also he knows Anna, which is why Anna's talking about the Colombian, the Colombiana. Um, he knows, they know each other. And according to Rodolfo, well, according to Karen, because I don't see Rodolfo say this, Anna is all up in Rodolfo's draws. She want to get up in there. And she's been hitting on her and texting and doing all kinds of stuff. And Karen needs to go stake her claim on Rodolfo. Now, there are two problems I have with this. One is you do not have to stake your claim on people. If somebody ain't trying to get got, they will tell someone, right? So like, my husband grew up around all women. It's one of the reason he he very much understands women. He he's a he's a, a charmer. He's someone 
who doesn't believe in like women's work because he only grew up around women and modeling them and doing the things that they did. And he's a great cook because he cooked with his mom and stuff. that he's not someone who's going to ever come in here and be like, you have too many shoes. In fact, he doesn't think I own enough shoes. He's always trying to get me more shoes and he's always trying to buy me outfits. He's always trying to buy me shit because he grew up around women. So he also relates very well to women. And so like, I'm not some like I, I, it's going to be impossible for me to be in a relationship with him if I'm one of those people that's like, I can't believe you're talking to a woman. Well, who is that? Who's that? What is, why is she talking to you? Why is this lady making, baking you bread at work? Everywhere he goes, women baking bread. It's just how it is. It just makes it sound like my husband is like an amazingly attractive person. He's not. Don't get it wrong. We're both ugly. Okay. <laughs> We're both fucking ugly, okay? But but what I'm saying is that he really relates to women. And so there have been many times when he's related to some woman and it later came out that she had feelings for him or she wanted more from him. And that is up to him to say, I'm married or I'm in a relationship and I can't I can't do stuff like that. I just remember he has a, a sister who used to have a friend, um, who just adored him. And I guess that when I came in, I didn't fucking know. I didn't fucking know. They even say that one of my brother-in-law's mother is in love with him. Cause she is. And she hates me. She fucking hates me. But I'm like, okay, well I didn't do shit, but get with an age appropriate man. Like you're fucking 20 years older than him. Leave him alone. So, but this friend really like, doesn't like, never liked me. Um, because I guess I swooped in and got, I didn't swoop in and get him. He didn't live in the area. And then when he came back, he was married. That's what fucking happened. And we just saw her one day in a Western beef. Uh, if you guys know what kind of fucking store that is, it's, 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 it's a Jitney jungle. It's a, uh, below. It's, it's that type of, it's that type of, but she worked in the deli. And she's, and she saw my husband and I mean, she saw me and was real fucking dry to me. I was like, whatever, not everybody has to fucking like me. And then she saw my husband and was real moist with him. (laughs) And then she was like giving him all this free shit. And I just wanted to be like, listen, I see you loaded him down with free ham and whatnot. But just so you know, he doesn't eat pork. I'm going to enjoy that delicious ham sandwich. Like he just, he's just one of those people. He's, um. I wouldn't call him flirtatious, but he is someone who really draws people to him and women, and he understands women. He relates to women and sometimes women like him in a way that he can't, they can't because he's married, but it's not my job to show up. Like I ate the ham sandwich. I don't give a fuck about like, you can like him all you want to, as long as he doesn't like you back. (laughs) And even then I, I take that up with him. I'm not someone that shows up places and go, that's my man. That's not, that's ridiculous. And if you have, that's exhausting. Imagine living a life where you have to chase after people and remind other people that this person is married to you. That's crazy. And I'm, I'm just not going to do it. I'm never going to take it to the other girl, to the other woman. And, and if some woman thinks that she's like, is like texting my husband in the middle of the night or being like a little too familiar with him, I got a problem with him, not the other way around. And then also... Like I just said, I do not believe what men tell men who have been in relationships are fucked or whatever. 
I do not believe what they tell me about other women. I look with my own fucking eyes, especially if they tell me they're crazy, especially if they tell me a woman's crazy. I'm like, okay, well, what does crazy mean? That she didn't do what you wanted her to do? That she didn't react the way you thought you felt like she should react? That you did some shit to her? And then when she called you out on it, she's crazy. That's what I think of immediately when a man tells me a woman's crazy. And I'm sure that's what Rodolfo's telling Karen. But Karen's really to check Anna because she out here trying to get her man. And I think another element that we probably will talk about, but we're not talking about right now, is that Rodolfo is a Latin soap star and his job is to be a leading man and to be sexy and to be like people want him. And that... Karen deals with fans and things like that. Like she thinks Anna's a fan, which I don't know if I think that, but we'll get there. Um, so now, now we see Leah Black. Leah Black, uh, you've heard her a million times on um, Watch What Crappens because they're friends with her. Leah Black says that people call her the mayor of Miami. And, um, you know, she's just out here doing hot girl shit. She wants to buy a house on Star Island. If you don't know, Star Island is a very exclusive place within Miami. And it's like one of the most exclusive places in the U.S. It's an island. Um, that makes sense. It's called Star Island. And I think there's only one way in and out. And the property values there are sky fucking high. Uh, place, people like J-Lo and Rosie O'Donnell, who's very, who used to live in Miami like full time, um, and P. Diddy, like these are the type of people who have who have um, who have places on Star Island. Gloria Estevan. These are the type of people. And so she wants to buy a house there. She she's ready to get in real estate there. And her realtor, I basically shows her a place, and it's a teardown according to them. I don't know if it's a teardown according to me, but you know, I don't live that type of lifestyle. And if it's a teardown, it means that they're going to have to build a house there. And it means it might be a year or two before they can live there, which is not my, uh-uh, that's not my ministry. I'm not, I'm not doing that. That Chelsea Cole shit where you, where you build a house for two years and go live it. I can't do that. I, I don't have the patience for it. Um, they also look at another house that sold down the street that's really nice that they had wanted, but it wasn't. But but Leah, if Leah had wanted, it, but it wasn't for sale the time she wanted it, and she kind of missed the sale. And they talk about, well, who's going to be living here? We got to find these neighbors. Da da da. That's when we meet Lisa. Lisa. Lisa calls herself blessed, but she says other people think she's spoiled. Um, and she says if they knew her, they probably say it was true. Lisa. Says she always knew she'd married a plastic surgeon so she could stay young. Um, she's from Canada, which is a thing that she, in the future, she will talk about being an immigrant. Lisa's one of those people, like, she's technically an immigrant, but not the way that Adriana's an immigrant or Karen comes from an immigrant family. I think Karen was born in the U.S. But still, immigrant culture, because I... it. I think her parents are immigrants. Like, she's not an immigrant like that, you know? And to to be in that conversation, she's not an immigrant the way Joanna Krupa's an immigrant. Jesus Christ, guys. This is a, a, a cast of immigrants. But okay, she's just not. <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about um, undocumented people here in the U.S., 
all the undocumented people I know are white men and they're from European cities and Canada. And they came over on a visa and just stayed on it. So like, and, but yeah, that's not what we think of when undocumented, not that I'm saying Lisa's undocumented, but I'm just saying that like, she doesn't deal with the stigma of being an immigrant the way the rest of these people do. And so for her to like enter a conversation with like, I'm an immigrant, it's like, okay, but not the way they are, you know? Um, it's a lot like when Bethany used to call herself homeless when she just had sold a, an incredibly expensive New York City home and just hadn't bought another one. You, yes, the, that's what the word technically means. We get down to the bare bones, the roots and the prefixes and the suffixes of the word, yes. But should you join the conversation with, hi, I'm a homeless person. No, you should not. No, 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 no. So Lisa is married to Lenny, who is the plastic surgeon like she always wanted. Lenny always makes me suspicious. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the fuck it is. I, Lenny, <laughs> I feel like he's hiding something. You know what? I feel like the same way about him as I feel about nuns. I'm terrified of nuns. I just feel like I don't know what's going on in these dresses. They're covered up a lot. They could have guns and knives. They could be. There could be people underneath there. I don't fucking know. And Lenny is not as scary as nuns, but he's sus. He's very suspicious to me, always. Um, they call him the boob god because he's done more plastics, boobs, boob plastic surgeries than anybody else in the U.S. or something. Um, I wonder what Dr. Miami has to say about that, <laughs> but Okay. Um, and Lenny is the architect of Lisa's body. She had another boob job when she met him. They met in Vegas. He saw her booty first and when she, and he loved her butt. And when she turned around, he was happy with the face. <laughs> Lisa still needs to stop talking about herself that way. She puts her, well, let me finish this first. So she had a boob job that was very much more of a uniboob. And Lenny said, you can't just keep those boobs because people think I did them. So he had to redo her boobs and he brings home Botox and shit like that. Um, a problem I have with Lisa, and I will have throughout this season, is that Lisa very much wants us to take her seriously, but then says stuff like this. And so she, Lisa's gorgeous. She really is. Um, she's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I was looking at an update video with her about her time on the show and she's just talking about different things. And now she looks incredibly plastic. She looks like a fucking plastic doll. Um, she got, she's very, inst I mean, she was, I think she downgraded, <laughs> but she looks very Instagrammy right now. Um, Lisa tell so they're moving to Star Island into that house that Leah wanted and they want to move because their neighbors are always complaining about them. They do a lot of charity events and they have sexy parties and the, the neighbors can't take it. <laughs> I'm probably the neighbor like, put some clothes on, turn that music down. And, and so like they're very excited about all the famous neighbors they're going to have. I mean, they're just excited for it. It's a big step up for them. And like, and then she points to her forehead and says she needs some Botox and he says he's gonna. He says yes, I see it. I'm gonna bring some home from the office for you. Um, Lisa also has a relationship with Daisy. Now, when I watched this show the first time, I believe Daisy was her housekeeper. 
I looked up Daisy. Daisy was not her housekeeper. Apparently, Daisy owns a cleaning service as well as four other businesses. And so it makes sense that when she goes up to the bathroom to get Daisy, Daisy's not really cleaning. Someone else is there. So Daisy is the owner of the cleaning service that they contract to clean their house. It's not like Daisy is the housekeeper. Now, I'm not saying Daisy doesn't clean. She wasn't cleaning in that scene. She was pretending to clean. But I'm not saying that. But it seems like Lisa has struck up a friendship with her. She calls her Miss Lisa. I didn't like that. I, I, so here's what the deal is. Le Daisy is a recovering alcoholic. And she's learning to, and she's studying to be a pastor. And she also wants some lipo. And Lenny is going to give it to her for free, but she's got to lose. You know, you can't just go in there and get lipo. Because if you could, we just go in there and suck fat out. That's not how it works. You have to lose quite a bit of weight because they're, cause lipo is just for small bits of fat, pockets of fat. So they want her to lose some weight. And so Lisa's been working out with her because she wants her to get spruced up and get a man. Like, I find their relationship so predatory because... Here is Lisa in this little outfit. She's gorgeous. She's a little cute little thing. And she's like, yeah, you're going to lose this weight. And then we're going to fix this makeup. And I'm like, she's, you want me to believe that she just, she was just cleaning the bathroom. So why would her makeup be all nice right now? I don't know. It's like, she's a project for Lisa, which I don't like. White women <laughs> getting marginalized people to be a project is a trigger for me. <laughs> I've never seen The Blind Side. I, I won't be seeing that movie. Nah, no. <laughs> I saw The Help accidentally. No, thank you. The, I, this is, it's gross. And so like, and then Lisa's telling her she needs a drink and she's like, oh, I can't have a drink because she's a recovering alcoholic. This is how I know you guys aren't friends. Why don't you know she can't have a drink? <sighs> Daisy starts talking about about, um, you know, she's studying to be a pastor. She's learning deliverance right now. So now she can cast demons out. Good for you, Daisy. Good for you. Another business for you to start. And the whole thing about Daisy makes me feel like, so Lisa doesn't have children. She wants to have children. We'll get to the storyline. But the whole, th and she, and just so you know, in 2020, she has two children, which is great. I'm so happy for her because she really wanted to have them. I want people who want to have children to have, and I want people who don't want to have children to not have to have them. I, th I think we should provide birth control and abortion access to people who do not want to have children. And I think we should, we should provide access to fertility treatments and IVF and all that type of shit to people who want them. We should get, we should help people adopt, help people like who want to have children and help people who don't want to have children don't have children. That's what I think. So seeing Lisa go on this journey and now knowing that she has two kids makes me happy for her. Um, but I think at this time, Lisa didn't have a lot going on. Okay. And so they decided they were going to spruce up her segments with something, with a project. And it turned out to be Daisy. I don't like that. I just don't like the whole setup to be general in general. Um, so 
Next, we meet Joanna. And she's been modeling for 10 years. People think she's snobby, doesn't have a voice, but she's a strong personality. She's big on animal rights. She works at PETA a lot. It's, it's like a big thing for her. Um, her sister lives in Mar... Her sister, Marta. So Joanna is Polish. And I believe she is Polish from Poland. And I believe she immigrated here with her mother and sister. Um, and so she has a, she has a, a cute accent as well. And she's very close to her sister and her sister lives with her and her fiance, Roman. Uh, Roman is from, I believe he's French, but grew up in Brazil. I believe. Cause Adriana is Brazilian. And so they both speak, I, please correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they both speak Portuguese, which is what Brazilian people speak. And cause Adriana can, Adriana can speak like four languages. Um, and they end up getting into it later, but for now, you need to know that she's, that Joanna is engaged to a club owner, a big club owner in Miami, which is a, a good business to be in, in that type of city, uh, named Roman and that her sister Marta lives with them in Miami and Roman and Marta don't get along, which Sure, let's go live with some people we don't get along with. Sounds fine. Um, I remember watching this the first time and thinking they're not telling us something about Marta and Roman. Something has gone on. I don't know whether they fucked each other, whether they got in a physical fight. These arguments that they have throughout this season are too much for your soon-to-be brother-in-law and soon-to-be sister-in-law. It's just too much. So Joanna's doing a photo shoot and Marta tells her that they're, that she heard that she's not going to be on the cover, which is like a no, no for her. She says she's a cover girl. She's done over 150 covers or something like that. And she, and she's not going to go from doing two covers for this magazine to doing being on inside. She's not. She also says she doesn't have a sex tape, a famous father or a famous boyfriend. She has to do it for herself. I'm assuming she is talking about Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Who she knows because I believe she probably knows her through Joe Francis because Kim, the Kardashians were good friends with Joe Francis. You guys know Joe Francis. Um, he's the girls gone wild guy. Um, and Joanna and Marta used to run around with Joe Francis when they were younger. Um, also, the magazine she's doing is, I think it's Ocean Drive Magazine, which I believe is the magazine that Alexia's husband owns, I think. Um, so, if I, I think Alexia ends up being a friend of this season, which we'll explain later. But I think that if she didn't end up being a friend of, this Ocean Drive shoot would have been a bigger storyline. So Roman shows up and he says that Joanna has issues with liquor and she fights with everyone all the time. Joanna says that she's Polish and vodka and they go together. And, and then we see Roman and Marta arguing over little stuff, but I don't know what it is. And this is the setup for them. Now it's time to meet Adriana. Adriana is an art dealer who lives with her quote unquote fiance, Frederick, who I believe is French. Now, guys. Joanna, the, the big deal, and I'm fine to say it because it's not going to happen the rest of the season. The big deal is that Adriana, Adriana is married to Frederick. 
and she is telling people that they are just fiance. They they are married. They got married some some at some point and didn't tell anyone. And she's telling people that she's single. And by single, you know how some people say, if I'm not married, I'm single, right? She's telling people she's single, like Leah Black and stuff. And like, there's been times where she can't afford things and money stuff. And Leah, Leah Black, like lobbies on behalf of her son to get reduced private school tuition. And she's introducing the men and she's going out on dates, but she's already married. And Leah believes... Leah and Adriana are very close and Leah believes she's been taken advantage of. This is not going to come up during this season. It's going to come up during season three. So I might as well go ahead and tell you. But so she lives with them. He is trying to move them into a houseboat and she doesn't want to go. Now, I think Adriana is very cute. I think I like her voice, even though it's kind of like high and weird. <laughs> Uh, but I don't agree with her on a lot of things. This I agree with her on. Why are we moved to a boat in a city that gets mollywhopped by hurricanes twice a year? Why would we do that? When you live on a boat and a hurricane is coming, you have to go out. Or even a storm, a big storm, you have to go out into the sea so that you're not, you can't stay at the shore because the, the turbulence, the water, the wind and stuff will bang you up against the dock or the, or, you know, the land where, however you're, however you're there will bang you up against it and fuck up the boat. Like, like if you're in the Navy and you are assigned to a boat and there's a bad storm or a hurricane coming in, you have to go to the boat because <laughs> they're going to push the boat. They're going to go out into the, into the sea for however long into the things. So like if a hurricane, <laughs> I know this because I fucked everybody in the Navy. <laughs> I fucked so many people in the military. And so, like, if there was, like, a hurricane or something, they would have to, like, he can't stay home. He has to go out to the fucking boat. It's weird. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just thinking about, like, now, it's not a houseboat. When they get there, it's, like, a yacht of some sort. And it's, like, an antique yacht. It's probably worth a lot of money to people who care about these type of things. It needs to be completely renovated. It's not livable. But it just seems like a bad idea. The whole thing seems crazy. Like, we live in Miami. You want to go live on a boat? Well, we got a place to live. Why would we do that? So, so, I mean, Frederick and Adriana give us international, jet-setting, fancy couple. Um, I think they have a lot less money than they say. But that's what they give us. I mean, even the music, like they're, I think they're driving around in a convertible rolls and they're getting dressed up and they're getting on the boat and stuff. And she says she wants two things. She has two requirements for this boat. She wants a space for a baby grand piano. <laughs> Cause she doesn't live anywhere without a baby grand piano. <laughs> and she wants a walk-in closet and he agrees to it. All right, so now we're back to Marisol and Mama Elsa. Marisol, Mama Elsa has found Napoleon. He was in the closet. They have a little talk about him wearing women's clothes, and that's why he was in the closet. Hada, hada, hada. It's 2012. And they also talk about Philippe, and Marisol wants her to, Mama Elsa wants Marisol to move on. I think Mama Elsa's been married three, four times. Like, to her, the fact that she's, that, Marisol's divorce and now this wedding that every this marriage that everyone told her wasn't going to work out and she was moving too fast and is now imploded it's like Mom, mama Elsa's like okay on to the next which 
I understand. Like, I don't think it's going to work out, Marisol. I'm pretty sure it's not going to work out, but Marisol isn't there yet. And it's very hard to hear that when you're not there. Like, there's all kinds, like, just talking about myself in terms of, like, depression and not feeling great right now and having all these worries about whether I'm doing the best things for my children and, and whether or not I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing for my career and even whether I should be considering this, like, doing this podcast and all these things that I worry about all the time. A lot of times people will be like, well, here's the deal. And you're not always ready to receive it. You're just not. You got to meet people where they are sometimes. Um, And sometimes like when I'm feeling like all I want to do is lay in bed, you coming in there and being like, well, you know, exercise really help with your depression. It will, but I'm not here. I'm not ready to receive that right in this moment. Um, and I feel the same way about Marisol in this, is that like, I think Mama Elsa is saying the right thing. It, you're going to have to move. There's nothing, there's nothing to do but to move on. But she's not ready to hear it. And she gets upset and... I don't know. Maybe I've looked away from the screen, but I guess someone, a houseworker or somebody comes in and sings to Mama Elsa, which calms her down. Imagine being so rich. You just got, you just employ someone to sing to you when you're upset. This person will walk behind me singing all the time. They, I, you know what I want them to sing? I want them to sing the music from Legally Blonde, the musical. <laughs> I just feel like, sing that. Um, she also rubs her hands in some dirt and rocks. I'm sure there are crystals in there and throws it up in the air and makes her feel better. Marisol shows back up and just says, because Marisol walks out on when they're talking and just says she's got to go now. There's a little cut scene. Remember when, I mean, I don't really watch housewife shows like that anymore. They're still doing that little tiny cut scene in between commercial breaks where somebody's talking about something like, right, Karen and Rodolfo are talking about eating chicken and frogs and bull balls. Or whatever, but it's like it's supposed to be a comedy scene. Are they still doing that? So the climax of the show is this party. I've forgotten whose party it is. I think it's Adriana's party, maybe, or maybe Adriana's of, uh, attached to the party somehow. But we see Marisol and Mama Elsa get into a, a limo with Anna and Alexis. Um, Mama Elsa has to get in the front, which separates her from everybody because she can't. I don't. I don't know what the difference is, but she's saying she can't get in and out of the back of a limo. And I'm like, isn't it the same size? Like, isn't it the same height and shit? Like, what's the difference between getting in the back and getting in the front? I don't know. Um, I forgot how beautiful Alexis is. Alexis is, again, just some of the most beautiful fucking people on earth. Alexa, Alexis is so fucking beautiful. Um, she and her son, Frankie. Now, she's got two sons. Frankie, I believe, is the younger one that she's got that she has with her husband, who's the owner, who's a very rich man, owner of Ocean Drive uh, magazine. Um, she's got an older one. I forget what his name is, but he's the one that was beating up homeless people and filming it. So, uh, but she and Frankie got into a car accident. You know what? Let me just double check that before I get like seventeen DMs. Let me just check, check, check. Okay, I just looked up a Bustle article about Alexa. Her last name is Echeverria. I'm not saying that right. 
but it's E-C-H-E-V-A-R-R-I-A, in case you want to look it up. Um, so she has two sons. Peter is the older one. He's the one that was beating up the homeless people. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to laugh at that. Like, being homeless is like being incredibly vulnerable. I've talked about how I was homeless as a child. I was also briefly homeless as an adult. Um, I wouldn't say homeless. I was unhoused. I was living in a hotel. But like it's incredibly vulnerable to be homeless. And when you are unhoused refers to people who sleep on the streets, but also sleep in places like hotels and shelters and stuff like that. When you are actually, when you are technically homeless, where you are sleeping out in the open, it is incredibly vulnerable. People hurt you. They steal your things. You, you are vulnerable to the elements, all kinds of ways. And so Preying on someone who I guess was sleeping. I, I don't remember everything. I think he just punched it or punched the person. I said it. I didn't mean that. That was a slip of the tongue. Um, he just punched the man and or something. I But he filmed it and put it online because he thought shit was funny. Um, it's like a disgusting thing. And it, it is... And I know that like Alexia has discussed like he was in a bad place. I guess he was abusing drugs or whatever. And but honestly, it's a character flaw for me. I don't care how high I get in an addiction. I know even if I let's say I wasn't even if I was just high, there are many things I might do. But seeking out a sleeping homeless person and beating them up is not going to be one of them because it's just not in my, it's not in my, that's not who the type of person I am. I think that's the type of person Peter is. He just, I, I just think he is. Anyway, her youngest son, Frankie got into a car accident. She and Frankie got into a car accident and he was like very ill. She had to teach him how to walk again, all kinds of shit. And in 2015, she and her husband had separated. And in 2016, her husband dies. And what happens is that she gets in a legal battle with his sons, her stepchildren, who are a lot older than her kids. Um, they're grown-ass people. Uh, about ownership of the house. And she loses. She has to leave the house that she's lived in for 16 years. And I'm sure that there's some legal precedent or something. Or the fact that she was separated, but they were still married and... They inherited quite a bit. I, I'm sure that there's some reason why the, why she can't stay in the house. That legally why she can't stay in the house. But I am also thinking about like what it's like to be living in a house for 16 years. And just having to be like, oh, you need to leave now. Um, she's engaged now and she lives in, I don't know, some... She's engaged to a real estate investor. Who isn't? <laughs> And yeah, that's what she's doing, you know? She's out here living her life. Um, uh, she used to work for um, his magazine, her husband's magazine, but now she owns an Alexa and Frankie's Beauty Bar. Um, it's a nail salon. Hmm, it's a spa, I guess. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's where she's at. And now I actually know what the older son's name is, Peter. Anyway, so um, they're all going to this big party. <laughs> when they get out, <laughs> they forgot Mama Elsa was in the front. <laughs> and, 
And so the limo opens and they walk out and they look, they look gorgeous. I mean, they look amazing. And all you hear, and I know this is done from Mama Elsa's mic. Like they couldn't hear this, but they put in the audio of her going, hello, hello. <laughs> and they're just walking off. And I, what I think actually happened is that they couldn't hear her, but then they're walking in and Marisol goes, oh, I forgot she was up front and stops. And they open the door for her. So funny. Um, so coming to the party is also Lisa, Joanna, and uh, Martina. And they're coming because I, they, I mean, they just want to meet the new girls or whatever. And Lisa Black is coming alone. Um, now, right now as it stands, Lisa Black, Leah Black, excuse me, Leah Black and Marisol are not really speaking to each other. The, the year before when Leah Black had her charity event, Marisol was running the PR thing. And there's just, there were some clashes and Marisol decided not to work with her anymore. She's been working with her for years. Leah Black is friends with Mama Elsa. She's also meeting Joanna and Lisa and like for the first time. And so when she goes to meet Lisa, they hug and say, you know, do a kiss. And then Mama Elsa shows up to the left. And so, you know, Mama Elsa and Leah Black are good friends. So they're hugging and kissing, blah, blah, blah. And Lisa feels like Leah is rude and doesn't have any class because of that. And I'm like, well, I mean, she said, hello, how are you? And gave you a kiss. It's not. And then someone she knows very well came up to, I don't know. I've just, I, I just don't think that's like the word. I don't think she was that rude. When she comes, but she does, she does still hang out with the group. She's talking to Mama Elsa and then comes back. She meets Martina. Uh, is her name Martina? I think her name is Martina. And she says some nice things to her. And she finally ends up getting to talk to Lisa. And Lisa, Lisa, it feels like somebody told her something about Leah before she met her. Because Lisa is like, seems nervous and seems like very on guard and she starts doing shots and she compares her charity parties to Lisa to Leah's big gala and Leah doesn't like that and you know she basically just is like I don't know about her um so then Karen shows up and she sees she because she shows she shows up with Rodolfo and she sees Anna um uh, who again she thinks she's been trying to get her man and Anna tells us a story about Rodolfo, that she met him about six months ago and he's been pursuing her. Um, she met, apparently Rodolfo is good friends with Alexia. Is her name Alexis or Alexia? Am I saying her? Alexia, I'm sorry, I might have said Alexis before. Alexia, um, she's good friends with her. And she's been, and Anna's been to the hospital a lot because that's where Alexia's been with her son. And so she met Rodolfo through Alexia and Rodolfo asked for her number. She gave it to him. That's interesting. I don't just give my number out to people who want it. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, I guess, I guess if you ask me for my number, I just give it to you. But I also like, do people ask, I mean, this is 2012. I was going to say, people don't ask for numbers right now. They ask for socials. Like they find you on Instagram or Facebook. They can't find me on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, but they find you places. And then they, kind of friend up from there um but I guess he asked for her number and she gave it to him and then he's been like she said through their conversations texts and calls she realized he's interested in her now 
I guess what she's saying when I realized he was interested is because he's got a girlfriend. She says girlfriend in quotes. Um, because she doesn't think that's a, that's a real relationship because he's out here pursuing people. Anna, I don't understand why if you don't want to be pursued by Rodolfo, you just stop answering his calls. Um, iPhone has this great thing <laughs> where you can just not get notifications from when someone texts you. So you'll never know. You can send all their calls to voicemail. And you'll never know they even call. I mean, you might see the voicemail, but you'll never know they even call you. I just don't. They present this like, I don't know. This is, if they didn't make a big deal of it, what, what the fuck would we be watching? But I'm just, I'm just like, oh, okay, this is, this is a big deal. Okay. So here's the thing that's really weird though. When Rodolfo and Karen get over to Anna, the group with Anna, Rodolfo introduces himself to her. Even though Karen goes, I know exactly who she is. And I'm like, two things, Rodolfo. Anna already knows that you know who she is. And actually, so does Karen. Because Karen's been seeing all these flirty text messages, apparently. Uh, I also want to read the text messages because Karen's text, Karen reading the text thinks Anna's being flirtatious for rude or Rodolfo, but Anna thinks Rodolfo's being flirtatious with her. And I'm like, let's see the fucking text. Let's see him. Let's see the receipts. Cause I want to see who's being flirtatious, but whatever. Um, I think Karen's, I think it probably goes down. Like Karen thinks, uh, Anna's texting him at odd hours of the day or something like that. Whatever. It's still weird that Rodolfo introduces himself, even though Karen knows he knows Anna and Anna knows he knows Anna. That's weird. Um, you know, so Anna's telling Joanna about how they're not a real couple. And so Joanna doesn't even like, goes like two feet away until is telling other people about it. And Adriana hears that. And she's very concerned because Karen is her celebrity dentist. <laughs> and she knows for a fact they're a real couple. How do you know for a fact, Adriana? How do you know? You in there sleeping with him? What are you, you flicking the light on and off while they fucking? What are you doing? <laughs> How do you fucking know? <laughs> but also, the idea of me being very concerned about people talking shit about my celebrity dentist is funny to me. <sighs> then, Roman texts Joanna about basically somebody's coming to visit. And they live in an apartment together. It's probably one of those high-rise, big fucking deal condos in in um, Miami. And Martina, hold on. Am I saying this girl's name right? I was right. I was absolutely not saying her name right. Her name is Marta. And I just started calling her Martina all of a sudden. Marta, he, what he tells her is that Marta better not be like talking shit or telling something to this guy, or she's going to have to get out. Okay? So the text comes over. Marta reads the text. I don't get that. I don't get why we're letting Marta read our text, Joanna. And I think I, I think maybe the part I don't understand is that Marta does a lot of assistant-type work for Joanna. Like, earlier she was telling Joanna, she was telling Marta to text Roman from her phone. Why? Why don't you text him from your phone? Like, if you text Roman from 
Joanna's phone, then you see the text between Joanna and Roman, which I won't want anybody reading text messages between me and my husband. Who knows the fuck I say in there? It's so like, it's, it's a private thing, but I guess they don't, they've really blurred the lines. So Marta reads the text and starts crying. She's, she's probably drunk, to be honest. Both those girls drink too much to be, if you ask me. And she's probably drunk. And she's basically saying Roman's just a really mean person. She starts explaining why she's crying to people Joanna's just now meeting about how she's, you know, he's, he's really mean to her and they live together and this, this, and this. And Joanna is telling Martin not to cry. She was like, he didn't know you were going to read that. Yeah, he didn't. He's texting his fiance, not Marta, which he does not expect Marta to read these text messages. Yeah, same. If I'm texting my husband, I'm texting my husband, not my husband and three other people. And by the way, once I was sick, I had to teach my husband phone etiquette because once I was sick and I texted him to bring me back medicine because he was out and about. This motherfucker, his sister called me and I didn't answer the phone because I'm sick. Not because I didn't want to talk to her because I'm sick. And well, because I didn't want to talk to her because I'm sick. So I didn't answer the phone. So then she called it. Often his relatives will call my phone looking for my husband because my husband doesn't fuck with his phone like that. I am really the only person he will call back ever. And so then she, she called him and he happened to be holding his phone. So he, he answers his phone and he talks to her. Then he calls me on three-way and doesn't tell me I'm on three-way. So he calls me because I text him and I'm asking him for medicine. And then I hear his sister and he's like, oh yeah, I'm on three-way. I was like, you don't do a three, what is this, mean girls? You don't do a fucking three-way without, first of all, don't ever call me on three-way. There is no, don't group text me and don't call me on three-way. You don't need to, it's, we're good. And secondly, if you do call me on three-way, you need to announce that we're on three-way immediately so I can hang up the phone. You don't do this. If you're in the car and you answer me on your, on your car Bluetooth, don't even say hello. Say you're on speaker and so-and-so's in the car. That's what you say. <laughs> My husband's bad at that too. He's gotten better because I've cussed him out a few times. <laughs> so that the other day he answered me, but he answered me on his watch. He has a a galaxy watch of some sort, a smart watch of some sort. And he can answer it on the watch. He can answer a phone call on his watch. So he answered the phone and he goes, uh, you're on speaker. I'm at work. So-and-so's here. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Like that's something that I've had to teach him. And somebody needs to teach Joanna phone etiquette too, that you do not allow people to read text messages from your fiance. Cause who knows? Like if I'm talking shit, who else am I going to talk it to? But my person, that's who I talk it to. So protect our, our threats, protect them. <laughs> so, and, and also Joanna's embarrassed cause she's meeting some people. Marta's, I believe drunk and crying and like talking all this shit about her fiance. Um, so the, the show ends like this. Mama Elsa falls over. Now, Joanna meets Mama. She's, they've been talking Mama Elsa up to her because she's a psychic and all this shit. And she meets her earlier, but Mama Elsa's an old lady. She's in her 70s at this point. I think she was 84 when she died in 2019. So what? That was, this show 
was filming in 2011. That's eight years. She puts her around 76. She's an elderly lady. She's got a lot of medical issues. The fact that, that Marisol is just walking around going to parties with her mom is crazy. Uh, this, and this is from somebody who talks to her mother three times a day. My mother, when I was younger, used to talk on the phone all fucking day. And little did I know that when I was going to be older, that some, one of the people she talked on the fucking phone with all day is me. <laughs> I, if you had said that to me when I was a teenager, I'd be like, no, the fuck I wouldn't be talking. <laughs> Why? I hate her. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, leaving Target, might as well call mama. <laughs> but fine, fine, I'm fine. By the way, my mom's real fucking crazy. Uh, she told me, she she called me on New Year's Eve to tell me about, she's like, well, make sure all your laundry's done and all your house is clean before the new year so you'll have good luck. And I was like, this is, did you just make this up today? Because this is not something you've done. She's like, I've always done this. I was like, that's not true. I've never seen you running around the house doing laundry on New Year's Eve to make sure you have all clean clothes. As the, as the ball drop. What I used to do is see you go to the liquor store and start mixing drinks at 9 a.m. Yeah. She was, started laughing. I was like, all you ever did was go to the club. I remember my mom used to go to this one club called, fuck, what was it called? I can't remember, but it was something like, it was called the Broadway. That's what the fucking was called. That's what the club was called. And I remember... First of all, my mom used to go to happy hour and be gone all fucking night. When I was a kid, I thought happy hour lasted fucking eight hours because of that. But fine. She used to go to this club called the Broadway. And I used to remember her getting ready and calling the girls and taking and having her drinky poo, her her extra her drink before. This By this point, keep in mind, my father was, uh, I wouldn't say he was in recovering, but he, he is an alcoholic and he stopped drinking. Maybe six years earlier when my mom used to do this. She'd just be drinking, getting ready to go to the club. And she'd be going out and I was like, oh, mom's going to the club. Okay, we'll see. We'll see that bitch in the morning. And so she's she's going to the club. And the Broadway, the Broadway, the Broadway. I remember she used to go there all the time. And one day I'm driving down fucking military highway in Norfolk. I'm in Norfolk. <laughs> going from military, from military highway from Norfolk towards Virginia Beach. And I'm sitting in the car with her and she goes, oh, that's the Broadway over there. And I look over there and it's this little fucking shack. It looks like, it looks like an abandoned fucking shack. And I said, is this where the fuck you be going? I didn't say where the fuck I was a child. <laughs> I was thinking, I, the where the fuck was in my head. Is this where you go all the time, mama? And she was like, yeah. And I said, this this, you put on your good clothes to go over here? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. She's like, it looks different at night. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, the fuck it doesn't. I don't know what that is over there. <laughs> but, but, but just the fact of me talking to her, and she's trying to convince me that this is a thing that she's been doing all her life when I know she was on her way to the fucking Broadway on New Year's Eve or she was getting ready to have a party at the house in which I, an 11-year-old child, would be in the bed going, I wish these motherfuckers would go home. I wish to God they would go home. <laughs> these parties just last forever until the morning time. Like, I would come downstairs. I cut my foot on a broken beer bottle one morning when I was like seven or six years old. Because they'd had a party. And 
I would come downstairs. Motherfuckers would be passed out in the living room. We weren't allowed to sit in the living room. We had white furniture on it. They'd be passed out in the living room. They'd be people asleep at the fucking breakfast table. Shit. <laughs> All the fucking time. And she trying to convince me that on New Year's Eve, she cleans a lot and then goes to sleep. Get out of here. Get out of here. You try that shit on somebody who don't have a memory. Try that shit on one of my brothers. I remember. I remember. <laughs> Even someone, me, who talks to my mother three times a day and talks about her all the time on my podcast would not, I can't imagine, why am I bringing my 70-some-odd-year mother to this party? I think it has to do with filming. So, but when Joanna met, was talking to Mama Elsa, she said Mama Elsa was out of it. And she does, I mean... Yeah, she does seem kind of out of it. Um, so she and she said that it was hot in there, and she went there. It's they. I want to say there was on a boat, but maybe they weren't. Maybe I was just thinking about Frederick's boat. Um, but it seemed like a small space, and it seemed hot in there, and she was looking for a chair and everything. So at one point, so at this point, Mama Elsa falls over. And it is the slowest fucking fall. Like someone could have yelled, Timber! Because she was like, I this is a this is not a visual podcast. I don't know why I'm doing this. But she she fell very slowly. And they call 911 and you know, she gets wheeled out in a stretcher with all the women following her, and they're like peeping in the ambulance, and you know. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> This is a long one, guys. It's long because it's long because I had to talk about myself for thirty minutes, <laughs> and then I had to. I'm, I'm, we're getting a lot of background with the women, but uh, next week we'll get started here. And you know, welcome to season six of By Pumpkin. Thank you for following me into the new year. Thank you for indulging me. Thank you for letting me get on this fucking podcast every week and talk about myself and and my mother's relationship to the Broadway. <laughs> a shack off the side of military highway and thank you for you know thanks for listening i'll see you guys next week